0: That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No necessary. full work by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> yes, I am. They say he was a superstar, now, damn. I guess I am. You might be the man, well, that's unless I am. Okay, I'll confess, I am. Go ahead and get undressed, I am. Okay, cool. You want sunset? I am.
1: For another edition of the Starting 502 Podcast. I know it's been like a a Kihei Clark career since the last time that that we recorded. But regardless, we are back. We're better than ever. And we're excited to talk some sports with you guys. It's been just such a whirlwind over the last two years. I think since we started this website and specifically since we started this podcast, we've not had the kind of time that we thought that we were going to have, right? Like I started this podcast with Will Reddington and we spent the whole COVID year talking about games that never happened or games that were supposed to happen and didn't, didn't or got postponed or whatever uh, went down during that season and then just trying to figure out a different way to say that Carly Jones is awesome and then this year, we've transitioned to me and Nick Connor, and it's essentially just turned into a post game podcast where we just like try not to cry for like 20 minutes and then get the heck out of there. And it's just been depressing. And now all of a sudden, we're into this mode, the Kenny Payne mode, where we're back, we're relevant. Kentucky fans will be remiss to, to admit that at this point. Uh, but regardless, that is why we've brought in the most knowledgeable Louisville sports fan there is out there, right? Like there's a lot of us that, that try to be center leaning, right? Try to give you some sort of opinion that is not necessarily uh, just all Louisville centric. That's not the person that, that we are going to bring on this pod tonight. And I think this is the perfect time to get Madison Wood, um, out of the woodwork, if you will. Madison Wood is joining us tonight. Madison, how are we doing from sunny California? Well, I guess it looks like cloudy California from what I can see. It, it, just the side um, of a window is
0: all we see.
2: Yeah, yeah um, <laughs> it, is, it is nice, actually. It's it's probably around like 70 degrees. I'd rather, I'd take that over 90 and sweltering for sure. Um, we had some hot days a couple weeks ago, but it feels pretty good out here now. Yeah, the sun's going down. It's about six o'clock, so it's kind of behind the behind the clouds a little bit right now. Sun's not out this moment, but yeah, doing great. Excited. Yeah, um, I was about to say, come Mark, Mark Weinberg, how are you
1: doing? Like, <laughs> Do how, right. how, how doing are great. you as a fan?
2: I mean, even all the way out here in California, you know, I'm one of the only people, pretty much the only person that I see, you know, wearing Louisville gear and stuff like that, but I'm wearing it because I'm, I'm excited, man. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely anybody who asked me, oh no, what's up from, of course, the first thing people say is they think it's like St. Louis Cardinals or something like that. And I'm like, no. And I will be glad to tell them, especially now, because now we're really getting some traction. And Kenny Payne, you know, that's what happens when you're, a Knicks, when you're a Knicks assistant is you get more national love. And, you know, even though we haven't played a, a game since he's, yet, since he's been hired, um, he's already, you know, kind of putting Louisville back on the map, if you could you know, put it that way. So I'm, I'm doing really good as a little fan right now. I really think I love what he's putting together, you know, especially with the addition of no win. I think Danny Manning is a great addition He's a champion in his own right. So, I mean, he's doing big things right now for
1: sure. Hell yeah, Maddie. And I mean, let, let me just say this too. You live in probably the most unintelligent area of the country as far as sports fandom. So as, as far as, you know, they have all these great teams out there and unless you're like a Lakers fan, there's not a lot of people in that area that that I'm aware of that are huge sports fans. So Uh, You you might be kind of uh, out there on an island, but uh, I think that as Louisville fans, that's kind of the cool part. Or any fans, you know, you can live anywhere across the world and kind of get to celebrate your team. Jacob Blaine, sir, all the way from Oldham County, not quite as far away. uh, But how are we doing, Jacob? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just happy to be here. How are you? Dude, I couldn't couldn't be doing any better. And (laughs) let me tell you why. When you're listening to this, probably more than likely. Louisville's going to have their first commitment of the Kenny Payne era. Devin Ree, uh, a, a, an LSU commit, um, appears to be, from, from by all reports, appears to be uh, the guy who's going to be the first guy to, to officially commit as a freshman uh, to Kenny Payne. Um, and so I kind of wanted to pick your all's brain before we get into anything about the coaching staff or anything like that, because I think that people are tuning in and they, they want to hear the most up-to-date recent news. And I, I think that's going to be that, that Devin Ree is ultimately going to end up uh, committing to the cards publicly. Jacob, what are, what are your initial thoughts on, on Ree and, and kind of what can he provide to the roster? Because I think a lot of people know, you know, who he is at this point. But but what do you think that he brings to the roster as it stands right now?
0: Well, it's interesting to see kind of Kenny Payne flex his connections early on with Devin Ree. He's a Mississippi kid. That uh, played three years or four years of high school basketball down there in three and then went on to play at Oak Hill uh, Academy where he's played the last year and so you know he decommits from Will Wade and LSU and all of a sudden he's out on the market and what he brings to Louisville the reason why I think Kenny Payne likes him is he's a I mean he's a dead eye shooter man it's six foot eight he's got uh, the type of game that the NBA salivates over and the fact that he's tall he's long and he can shoot the three. And in a way, man, he, he kind of looks a little bit to me like Michael Bridges. Now, he's a much better shooter than Bridges was coming out of high school. But just in terms of the length, the size, kind of the lankiness, um, and look at how that turned out for Villanova and for the Phoenix Suns, obviously. So, you know, I think Riza a really nice piece. I want people to kind of pump the brakes on Uh, acting like this is a a top 25 kid not not that he's not a good player he's I think he's 82nd nationally according to 247 sports but um, this is a really nice piece that will come in and um, you know kind of complement what they
1: have right now which does not include any shooting at all
0: outside of L L can shoot
1: you have kind of hit the nail on the head there with as far as what he can provide he already brings somebody to the roster that Louisville had never had under Chris Mack outside of Jordan Ward right and that's a guy who can, is kind of a three-level scorer that has better size than most people at his position. So that would be kind of my question for Maddie. Maddie, do you think that do you think that Rees essentially going to bring an aspect to his game where he can be a guy that's that? There's two other bigs on the floor, and he's more of a ball handler, or is this a guy that's going to be more out on the wing and play that kind of Jordan Wara, uh, Jalen Withers type of, of role on this team?
2: Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because, you know, he's still, he's still young and he's still very, he's still very thin. He needs to put on, you know, a lot of weight. And honestly, one of the bigger, the biggest things that people have to work on coming into college, you know, is their body. So we know he's going to need some help working on his body and, and his conditioning and different things like that. Um, because Jordan Mora was, was a shot creator and a shot maker. He could, he could get his own shot seemingly anywhere. He could catch and shoot different things like that. I feel like, especially with the way our, our front court looks right now um, and with, you know, different prospects, you know, whether they be transfers or whatever that we're looking at, I feel like we could be that type of guy that does handle the ball a little more. Maybe when we play, if we play, um, you know, a small ball lineup, something like that. I think it could be lethal, which I, I feel like it's kind of the direction the game has been moving in for a few years now, especially you were talking earlier, like he's the kind of prospect that, you know, the NBA salivates over because mm. he he's somebody that can, that is big and long and lanky, but can can really, really shoot. Um, so I feel like, you know, if we're playing a small ball lineup and we put him at the, you know, the three or the four, and he's able to to not only, you know, hit some outside shots, but also be able to, um, handle the ball, a, you know, a little bit and get it in there to, you know, to our big guys. I feel like that's kind of the role um, that he could play. But honestly, there's so much freedom nowadays that especially a guy with that kind of um, potential, you know, you never know, what obviously what he could turn into. But I, ideally, I feel like he would be somebody that um, stayed a little bit more on the perimeter and handled the ball a little bit, you know, catch and shoots, different things like that. Because that, because there's a difference between being able to shoot and being able to create your own shot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, so, we like we thought, like Lola we learned that year. with Noah Log. <laughs> <Yep>. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. To say.
0: yep. That's you a guy that can shoot, but you... that's a guy that can shoot, but can't figure out how to get his own shot.
2: <laughs> right. Like, you can't figure yeah. out how to get it off. Yeah. But yeah, I, I feel for the <laughs> Right. I knew I was like, as soon as I said that, I was like, here you go for it. (laughs) But yeah, um, I I definitely think he could be a help in that area. Like you were talking about as far as shooting, but I definitely, I definitely see him at least right now. And in like the early days before he really kind of gets up to speed as somebody who, who kind of gets the ball to our big man, and maybe just works off catching shoots and screens and things like that.
1: Say you're bringing in, a cast of guys that are more, you know, like supporting, developing guys, like guys that are going to be really good in the next couple of years. Is Devin Reed a guy that can kind of step in and be like a sixth or seventh man on this team, or is he more of a developmental guy and Louisville has some bigger fish to fry on the recruiting trail?
0: No, I think, I think he's more of a situational type player. I, the thing is, like, you have to you have to really be careful with how you lay your roster out because we've seen this year with the portal – if you're not in the top eight of a rotation, you're probably transferring. So it's a very delicate thing. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's outside of the rotation, but I I think he's a guy that's going to be situationally used like Wara was under David Padgett, albeit pretty poorly, hopefully much better than that. Um, But I just said the strength thing, we don't really know yet about what Kenny Payne's strength staff is going to look like. We haven't heard if Andy Kettler would be retained. I I doubt that's going to happen. So we can't really get an idea of what that's going to look like. So um, for me now, I think that, you know, when you look at the roster, you have Mike James, who is more of a slasher athletic guy rebounder, you have, you know, um kamari lands who's more of an inside player six foot eight also with re which is crazy that you're gonna be able to put lands and re out there situationally at the three and the four my god they're just gonna have a bunch of dudes that are six nine everywhere like it's like our dream it's what we it's like we what we expected chris mack to be but never came into you know uh, into reality so uh, you know i think i think he's a nice piece but i want to see what else comes around to him because even if you look at what he was going to be for lsu yeah, you know, when they had that class still assembled, he was going to be, you know, kind of a, a complimentary piece to to the big names like Julian Phillips that they had committed, and um, some of the other guys that that were still there. Efton Reed coming back, that you know, so I I don't see him being a big star
1: by any means for Louisville. Maddie, do you have any concern? And this this might be maybe just me being like damaged as a fan, but are, is there concern that this is like a Shaquan Aaron type of situation, like a guy that comes in, he just it it's, makes sense that. That he is, you know, a highly sought after recruit and going to play for a place like LSU that's brought in a ton of really solid players over the last few years. Uh, do, do we think something like that's going to happen or uh, what, what What tells you, if not, what tells you that he's not some sort of, I don't want to say a bust, but what tells you that that he's a guy that's going to earn minutes sooner rather than later?
2: Um, I don't know, maybe just because this team desperately needs shooting, especially this first, you know, cycle, this first year coming in. So I feel, I feel like he feels, he obviously feels a need, but I'm kind of on the same lines with Jacob. I don't know if I necessarily see him becoming a a star, but I also don't necessarily think I see him becoming a bust. I feel like kind of what you were talking about a sixth or seventh man off the bench, something like that, because honest, in all honesty, you're you're valuable if you can shoot, and and you know Jacob has already kind of mentioned you know brought up the NBA a couple of times. Uh, I'm thinking about a guy like Duncan Robinson. Like you look at him on the street, you think no way that dude plays in the NBA, but he does because he shoots so well. He he does he does that one thing super well. So um he definitely feels a need. But like I said, I don't know. I'm a little bit I'm a little bit undecided. I mean, he hasn't even committed yet, and we're talking like he has. But at the same time, it's it, it's like. You know when you when you can shoot as well as he does, you know, and you got a developer like KP and people like Nolan, you know, on your staff, you know, you you feel pretty confident with what what a guy's gonna be able to do. So yeah, I feel like he could be a nice piece.
0: That's right. So L. Ellis is the only guy on your team right now who plays the guard position. I've heard people mention Kamari lands and Devin Rhee also at the two, you know, kind of that futuristic NBA six foot eight type of thing. Um, And then, uh, you know, obviously there's other guys on the team like James that can handle the ball. But no, there's not another guard. And at this point, moving forward, you got to hope that they've got. Several things you they do, they've got several things in the works considering the fact that Nolan Smith is there and is not a big man, right? Even though that's the tallest staff assembled in, in, in coaching history ever, um, Nolan is the guard
1: on staff and is not going to let the
0: team go without guards uh, because it does seem like Kenny would play
1: five centers. And yeah, I games, mean, I, I think that's kind of naturally the way that you know a coach like Kenny is going to gravitate, and that's how David Padgett was a little bit. And I mean, have between Kenny Payne and Danny Manning, you're averaging like six, six foot nine average on your coaching staff. So Nolan Smith at whatever he is, six, 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 three. Right. Is, yeah. is he's, he's just a little guy. So yeah, I think, I think Nolan Smith's like maybe an inch taller than Chris Mack was. So that's a, that's a fascinating dynamic for sure. Um, but no, no, I mean getting into kind of the coaching construct, because we can get into the roster management as, as the season goes on, but I'm interested to pick your all's brain uh, about Nolan Smith and Danny Manning specifically Uh, Because people are extremely impressed with these two hires. Obviously, Nolan Smith is one of the biggest up-and-coming names um, in in the assistant coaching game at the highest level in college basketball. And obviously, the ties to to Louisville are are what really attracted him and why fans love it, obviously. My question would be, what's a bigger deal? Having that on the staff, uh, ultimately, down down the road. Obviously, right now, this first season, we're all going to be in love with Nolan Smith coming back, right? And that he's Derek Smith's son, and everything else that comes along with that. But wow. down the road, what's what's a bigger deal? Is is it hiring Danny Manning, a guy who was a head coach for eight years and was just an interim head coach at, at Maryland, at, and as being an assistant on your staff, or is it hiring Nolan Smith? What do you, I'll, I'll turn it over to Maddie first?
2: It's a hundred percent Nolan Smith, and the reason is because now nowadays, especially with NIL and everything, the name of the game is your recruiting and how you're able to sell these kids basically um you know using the word sell a little bit of a negative connotation it's still funny talking about this because it's so new um
0: you can't but, do uh, that but, according to matt matt, uh, matt jones why don't i almost just call him Mike right, jones? Right. Matt, you can't we, do that we, though we, don't take it
2: when it was illegal and and y'all didn't like it and now y'all like it um okay okay little bit of a different scenario a little bit of a different situation going on here and there Matty j but uh Anyway, um, definitely, at least in my opinion, you know, Jacob or, or Presley, you may have a different a different one, but um, I, I really feel like Nolan Smith is is the big one here. I feel like he could even be like, you know, depending on how long, however long KP is here, you know, when he stays the entire time, I feel like he could even be like a an heir apparent, you know, like a coach in waiting type thing. And um, Nolan Smith is, is that good, you know?
0: So. Yeah, exactly. What were you saying, Jacob? I was going to say, that's that was my the thought that I was going to kind of lead into with Nolan there, is you would have to kind of think in your background, like, in the back of your head, like considering what he said about his father's dream was to always come back and coach at Louisville. Maybe there's a plan in place, you know, considering that they do well, where Nolan eventually becomes the head coach of Louisville. And I'm totally here for that. Totally here for that. Like, totally here for that. But I don't want to uh, underestimate Danny Manning, because the one thing that everybody kept talking about with Kenny Payne was... You need a guy who's been there and done that. You need a guy who's been there and done that. And, yes, Wake force was pretty, pretty gnarly uh, bad, gnarly in a bad way when Danny Manning was there. But they did recruit decently well. I mean, obviously, Olivier Sar came through there, John Collins playing in the NBA playoffs right now. You know, they had a couple of other guys that were really highly rated. Jalen Hoard was the top 25 player five-star guys made his name against Louisville I
2: don't know if y'all remember that I do remember remember John Collins making his name against Louisville yeah
0: and didn't Danny Manning beat Chris Mack like twice I mean it was like it's or at least
1: they played really closely um in those first two years when they were here Louisville struggled with him for sure and I believe he beat Rick Pitino if I remember correctly yeah. So I, mean, I could hey, be totally Dan, off base, but I'm almost positive he did. Uh, have, we go we, know we know. go
0: with half facts around what well, we remember subconsciously. And I mean I, I do remember watching a, a Wake Forest Louisville basketball game at Howl at the Moon on Fourth Street at like a Christmas work party, uh whether also it was like a little Kentucky game that was much more competitive. And I think Louisville lost that game, actually. That was the game they they lost to Wake Force, but anyways, Danny Manning is a really solid guy that is that gonna be able to provide, you know, a really high level of X's and O's to Kenny that you know, in situations where maybe Kenny's not as strong late games, you know, timeout calling or when to foul or whatever the case is. I I don't know. Kind of Danny Manning isn't on the floor coach, but he can provide expertise to to Kenny there that Nolan can't as an associate or assistant coach. Um, Whereas Danny's done it at Tulsa. He's done it at Wake Forest. And then last year did it at, at Maryland. And I know I don't want to steal from Mike Rutherford here, but he talks about this all the time. And if you think about this kind of like perfect, storm coming together of what happened with Mike Pegues and in, in the Bahamas the fact that they end up beat Maryland Mark uh, Turgeon loses his job Danny Manning becomes the associate head coach at Maryland Mike Pegues becomes the associate head coach or becomes the uh, the interim head coach at Louisville uh, Mike Pegues leaves after the season is over Danny Manning leaves at the end of the season is over Kenny Payne is hired at Louisville and now Danny Manning is at, is at Louisville it's so weird how that Bahamas tournament like just like it just like switched a weird like college basketball around like in a, like a funky mirror almost it's just so strange uh, but Danny Manning is a nice piece for Louisville and uh you know i think that whoever this third coach is this mysterious coach um who i thought was going to be Milt Wagner not sure if that's the case now if it is great but uh whoever it is i'm i'm really hoping that they can bring even uh, deeper layer of, of X's and O's, maybe kind of be a specialist at one thing, defense type of defensive coordinator type of thing, and then really have a strong recruiting background as well.
1: Go back real quick to the whole Danny Manning at Lake Forest scenario and Rick Bettino's last season, a Danny Manning coach Lake Forest team beat Louisville 88 to 81. And that was a great team. If y'all, if y'all remember, that was a uh, two seed with uh, yeah. Danny Donovan Mitchell, yeah. uh, Ray Spaulding. The, the whole crew. Uh, so that was, that was probably Louisville's like bad loss of that season. But
0: so what you're uh, saying is Danny Manning has Rick Pitino's phone number. That's, that's what you're getting at here. Pretty much. I going to much know in his career, I'd Pitino. imagine. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. You, you got to imagine that, that Iona does not want any part of Louisville for that exact reason this year. Uh, no, 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 no other reason at all. Um, but, uh, but I guess to kind of wrap up that discussion, I think that Danny Manning was the more necessary hire. I think that Nolan Smith was the better hire and I think that he will be at Louisville for much longer. I think that Danny Manning, to be quite honest with you, and why wouldn't he, is going to be looking for another Power 5 level uh, head coaching job at some point. I-, I know that his track record at Wake Forest wasn't great, but he rided the ship for that Maryland team that was like on its way down and then all of a sudden Mark Turgeon steps aside and they were decent. I- they-, they weren't like amazing like a tournament team or anything, but they were okay. Um, so I-, I think that he still is of the age where that's definitely a possibility, but I just think that it's, it was the necessary hire because, as you indicated, Jacob, there are so many coaching things that, that I think give a lot of people pause before they're going to get super excited uh, about Kenny Payne being the head coach because there's just so many little nuances to the game that you don't know how to do until you have to do it. It's like if you like if you watch somebody give a big presentation 100 times and you memorize their speech and you memorize the way that everything goes and you've been through that process until so you get up and you're, you're in front of everybody on that stage and you have to give that presentation, you don't really know how you're going to perform. Uh, so I, I think that early on, you may see some things like that. You know, it's just like when Mike Pegues took over for UofL. There were some questionable things where he did or didn't call timeouts at certain times or. He really couldn't figure out a rotation on the. Well, I mean, Chris Mack couldn't either, to, to be honest, but, you know, struggled to figure out a rotation. And I think that's, that's some kind of stuff that you're going to see with this Louisville team.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I think with Danny Manning, one thing that if you look at kind of where he started at Wake Forest and where he ended, his recruiting really kind of coattailed off. And, and maybe he's not as strong of as a recruiter, as a head coach as you should be as kind of that closer guy, you know, maybe he's more of a, a setup relationship kind of guy, And knowing that you have Nolan there, um, it allows you to be a little bit more flexible in what you do with the other coaches from a recruiting standpoint. So if you can kind of uh, rely on Danny Manning to be the development X and O's guy and then Nolan recruit and then, you know, whoever the third assistant kind of does a little bit of both. Uh, And obviously everybody's doing all the responsibilities of a coach, but it just really allows you to kind of get specialized and and everybody kind of really uh, hone in on one thing and become great at that. And that trickles down like we just talked about.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I, I want to move just a little bit into kind of what the transfer portal and stuff's looking like uh, just because, I mean, this is what we're going to be talking about for the next two to three months probably. And maybe even past that, uh, you know, Louisville only has half of its roster assembled right now. And so obviously we're, we're going to be looking for guards, but to be honest, the next commitment might not be a guard. Like I, I, after Devin Ree, uh, I, I think that Brandon Huntley Hatfield is the most likely name, Uh, to be a commitment and he's if if people aren't aware he's a former five-star he played at Tennessee last year Uh, played okay sparingly but 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 did okay last year but not up up to the standard of of a typical five-star what what stands out to to you guys about Brandon Huntley Hatfield
0: Uh, you know it's it's the the former five-star thing he he was a, a really highly touted kid Chris Mack was in on him for quite a while. In fact, it looked like, you know, there for a little bit that he was going to end up at Louisville. I remember things kind of moving really quickly, and then it, you know, it was until it wasn't. Um, but he's a guy that, you know, has has really good size. He didn't play a lot last year, backed up, um, you know, a couple of other uh, players there at Tennessee. I cannot remember their big man's name, but played alongside like guys like John Fulkerson and Twelve minutes, thirteen minutes a game for a guy who was supposed to be a senior in high school last year is not bad, considering that he reclassified. He averaged, you know, single-digit points and and you know, kind of a low number of rebounds. I think it's like three rebounds a game. So it's it's like four and three, which is not impressive. But you'll take a flyer on talent. You'll take a flyer on a kid that uh, you know has a strong reputation, um, somebody that can come in and, and really get more minutes, get more development, um, and and kind of see their their career, you know, kind of soar off. We've seen. Number of guys stop at a, at a school for one year as a five-star. It just doesn't work for whatever reason. They don't get the role that they want. Uh, whatever it is, and they leave and they go on and they have a great career. I think that uh, there's absolutely the ability for Huntley Hatfield to do that. But the question is, is it, is it here? Is it Auburn? um it seems like it's kind of those two schools and then the whole geni broom from warhead state kind of looms large and auburn duke gonzaga there's a lot of these big men that are kind of intertwined here and it seems like it's gonna be interesting to see when the dominoes start falling uh where where the pieces end up and hopefully for if you're louisville that you can you can get on you know somebody but at the same time and matt madison you might agree here with this you've got withers you've got for now uh roosevelt wheeler you've got jj trainer uh, and of course, you've got the big man, the big ticket himself, Sidney Curry. So you've got to be feeling good about your four and your five, regardless of what happens with Huntley and Hatfield. Huntley and Hatfield. Oh, I, I just named them I a Huntley law firm. I, I just yeah, named them a law, law firm.
2: firm. I was about to say, It kind of like a law firm. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, you know, 6'10", you know, right around 250 pounds. I mean, that's that's a hell of a pickup, you know, even even on a guy like you were talking about, his his stat line, you know, from this past year, not that impressive, but. Um, that kind of brings me into to my guy, and I've, I've gone um, about him in the chat, and it's funny because, Jacob, you were actually the one going back and forth with me, a guy like Imani Bates, um, because I feel really, really good about our, specifically our four and five positions, um, mm-hmm. especially with Sydney and even with Jalen. I mean, Jalen towards the end of the year was was really coming on, was playing a lot better, a lot better than he was in the beginning. But yeah, Imani Bates, um, he had a back injury, barely back from the back injury, so those are, those can kind of be a little bit um, iffy, a little, a little more, I feel like back injuries are, are tough on the, on the psyche, just because, you know, you, your back takes so much impact, you know, when you're jumping, you're, you're dunking, you're landing, you know, planting your feet, different things like that. You can feel all of that, you know, in your back. And so uh, I'm not surprised, you know, I watched highlight, you know, not just highlights, but watched him play before and after. And after the injury, he's definitely less, you know, aggressive and, and, you know, driving to the rim, things like that. But. One thing that he does do really well is create his own shot. He has got a bag and a half. He's long and lanky, like a Brandon Ingram type. He can shoot from the three. He can shoot from the mid range, um, and he can get his own shot. He definitely still needs a little bit of developing. But in the same vein with um, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, like you were talking about, um, he's also he also was a was supposed to be in high school um, this this past year. He he classified her. He reclassified and and came early. So um, I definitely think he could be you know developed by by kp and you know the rest of the staff and i think he could be huge because i mean he's a former number one overall guy and i feel like if you take a flyer on a on a five star you definitely take a flyer on a number one overall guy even off the of injury because i mean he still came back i feel like you get him in the right kind of position i mean that could be huge i mean especially especially landing him you know if, if kp was able to land him right now you know for this for this class, you know, it, it might be a little bit difficult depending on, you know, his reasons for transferring from Memphis and things like that. But I have a feeling it had to do with lack of development and lack of, you know, conditioning and different things like that. So I feel like if we get him in the right position, which Louisville's, Louisville's you know, building building something, you know, really special here that could really turn, turn a guy like Imani Bates, you know, kind of turn it back around and get it back in the right direction, I feel like.
0: You know who Imani Bates is. He's seventh woods. Remember that name? Does that name ring a bell to you? That's who Imani Bates is on. has the chance to, yeah. to kind of become here. And, um, you know, not to, 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 kick the guy, you know, like he's a crap player. He did, you know, have a nice season. He showed a lot of highlights. I mean, look, you, you could put it on his highlight tape and it'd be like, yeah, bring him here. Everyone would agree. He's got the talent, but Preston, you pointed out today shot more threes than twos uh, had a two, uh, a one to two assist to turnover ratio, Left the team at some point in the season, there were kind of some, you know, scuttlebutt potentially that, it, you know, they called it personal reasons, but it more was he wasn't sure if he was going to transfer or, you know, leave the university, go pro, whatever the case was. Um, And so you you just kind of wonder with a guy like that, who was just a few years ago, why I say Seventh Woods, you remember, Madison, I know that we talk about players highlight tapes all the time. You remember Seventh Woods highlight tape? You would, kid, you would have thought
2: the oh, kid would. Oh yeah, was he was fourteen James. years old. He was fourteen years old right. dunking on
1: people. Right, and
0: that's how like Imani kind of Bates like that Bates Zion
1: was. Williamson effect out of out of high school a little bit.
0: Exactly, and sometimes these guys peak, and sometimes you know at that age, and never become what you know that they're supposed to be. And sometimes they go on to become LeBron James or whoever the you know the case is. And and so Amani Bates two years ago was people were talking about if if the NBA draft would allow high schoolers, would he be the number one pick today as like a sophomore in high school, um, and then he transferred. And then he transferred again, and then he committed, and then he decommitted, and then he ended up at Memphis. So his the timeline with him and just some of the things that are around him as a player and athlete kind of make you wonder, you know, kind of like, oh, that's a little bit of a red flag. Obviously, you trust that Kenny Payne is a guy who can bring in talent, you know that like all those years at Kentucky and I don't want to continue to compare ourselves to to Kentucky, but look at one point, Kentucky was the top program. So you want to be like that. You want to be a top program, regardless of the fact that it's John Calipari, but he would take kids like he would take in Imani Bates because he's talented. And he said, as a coach, I can make this kid, the five-star that he was supposed to be. So you trust that, but you also have to be really watchful for some of those glaring red flags that uh, talent will make you put on peaky blinders and kind of not look at that uh, when you really should, when evaluating if they can fit on your basketball team.
2: You want yeah, to know where the just the turnovers didn't really bother me that much with him? Why? He's not a point guard. He's not a guard. He is a wing. He would not play like that at Louisville. He would not have the ball in his hands to be turning it over like that. He'd be running off screens, catching shoots. You could play him kind of like a Jordan Norwa, not Norwa, Wara, here and there. You could play him here and there on, on the wings. You remember when Jordan would get the ball he loved getting the ball on the baseline and taking a guy off the baseline yeah. or whether he pulled up and shot or he went in there for an and one or whatever. I feel like Imani Bates could be used a lot like that.
0: Yeah. And I would also say though, if you go back and you watch some of the Memphis tape from last year, Penny looked at, and what I think he might've sold him on his recruitment is look, I was you at one point. I was a six foot seven guard wing who could bring the ball up and play point guard. And, and I, will, I will kind of push back on that he's not a point guard on paper. Yeah, he's a wing, but he did play a lot of lead guard last year. And they've got Jalen Duren, who's going to be a top 15 pick. Uh, Landers Noli, who was a star at, at Memphis for a few years. DeAndre Williams was a, a really high-profile transfer. They had a several other um, four- and five-star kids this year, who one of which will be drafted, and he barely played um and so there was talent around him and yes he, he he was kind of put in a situation to make plays maybe where he he should have been focused on getting his own but at the same time that's a that's not the kind of trait you want on your basketball team unless you look at it and you say with context okay here's why that happened um i, I when you look at the portal which you didn't ask me who i have kind of had my eyes on obviously Preston, you know I'm, I'm heartbroken i'm devastated it's cold winter out here in these streets because my boy cameron winter Committed to another school that wasn't Louisville, and so now I have to find my new portal crush. Um, and you know, I've looked high and low for him, and I think I have found him, Presley. Who is, uh, it? His, his is it? His name is Tyrese. His name is Tyrese Hunter. Uh, he was a freshman last year, played at Penn State. Um, and Penn State, if you go back and you watch them last year, for the first sixteen games of the season, they were one of the top ten teams in the country. For the middle twenty-five games, they were one of the worst teams in Power Five. At the end of the <laughs> season, Penn
2: State? I think he I thought no, he was Iowa no, State.
0: Iowa State. Did I say Penn State? I meant to say Iowa State. Yeah, I apologize. You. So oh, I, sorry, I, I, it, said, I thought you were
2: talking about somebody else for a second. I was like, I think we're talking about the same guy.
0: Yeah. So Tyrese Hunter at Iowa State. Um averaged, I think, like 11 and, and 3 or 4 was a, a really nice guard for them from a playmaking standpoint. Isaiah Brockington was an a, a all Big 12 first teamer, and I guarantee you he would he would contribute a lot of his success to Tyrese Hunter setting him up. So this is a guy that can play the point guard, can defend. He can score. He can shoot. You put a guy like L Ellis next to him. He can get place for L and make L better. And that's the kind of guard that I think Louisville right now desperately needs. Somebody who can steady the floor, set the offense up, get hot, get, you know, get the ball up the floor, up-tempo offense, but also know when to pull it back, which Louisville for the last two years, my God, it's either they they go, 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 and they just run out of bounds or they just don't go and they have a fast break right in front of them. So hopefully you get a point guard who's experienced. He played in the tournament game. He won a tournament game. In fact, they pulled the upset in the first round and then they beat uh, Wisconsin in the second round, if I'm not mistaken. So you got a guy went to the sweet 16 as a freshman on one of the, the most weird uh, power teams in the country and in the country. Um, And now he's in the portal and you know, he comes in, he's a plug and play starting point guard day one, right away. He's the starting point guard on your team. He doesn't need the ball. Uh, he doesn't need to score, I should say, to be great. He can do things that impact winning in other ways. And that, to me, right now, is what Louisville doesn't have. L- Ellis is a really good guard. Uh, he likes to to subtweet State of Louisville. Next time I just ask him, just, just tag us. Just, like, it's okay. Just tag us. Um, Absolutely. We, yeah. Two guard, one, one, wherever he thinks he falls, wherever he does fall. Um, he needs other pieces around him that that do Absolutely. other things that he doesn't do. And he does not really – um, play that lead guard position super well, in my opinion. At least what we saw last year, which I know that's kind of like you got to throw it out,
1: but whatever. Yeah, I mean the the whole LLS thing. To just touch on that a little bit, so so if, for people who don't know, I essentially posted uh, on, on the state of Louisville account. You know, i like, I think that Louisville doesn't have a true point guard next year, which is, is is the truth. I mean, even if LLS is a point guard, which he very well may be, uh, he still. Uh, has not proven at at any level that he is a point guard, right? So like he could say you could say you're a point guard all day, uh, and you you could have an intentions to do that, and Kenny Payne and the staff could have intentions to do that, but we've seen that he's been successful and thrived as a two, and so it would be kind of silly to go against that at, at this point. I think that Louisville really needs to have somebody who's a proven commodity commodity at the point, and if L. wins out the spot at the point guard, then then so be it. Like great, that's awesome. Because you, he's beaten out somebody who's a proven commodity, but what you don't want to have is just just essentially a roster that's based around L. Ellis to the point because we saw last year that 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 tended to, to not end very well for Louisville. Um, so I, I I very much think that that Louisville is still in need of of a bigger guard, uh, one of these more modern, uh, larger point guards essentially uh, that can kind of get into the lane, create, see over guys that are a little, little bit. Smaller than them, as I kind of got into the last couple of times that we've that we've gotten together, Jacob. I I think I'm really sold on on that mold of a point guard right now, and the David Johnson type mold, a guy who can get it done, defending multiple positions, but can also handle the ball at the point. I think that's just that's just modern basketball right now, and I'm tired. Louisville has built its reputation over the last twenty years on tiny point guards, but the right. style of play that that we're going towards now is guys that are 6'2", 6'3", 6'5". Like, that's that's what Louisville needs to be looking for. They don't need an Amani Bates Six 6'3 minimum,
2: I think. Yeah, yeah. 6'3 right. minimum.
1: I, I totally agree, Which brings me, how,
2: how you Which how you feel about L- Ellis, one thing I will have to give him his flowers on is say that when he was in at point guard, there were a few flashes. He did a really good job driving and kicking for threes. He's one yes. of the few guys that would actually kick out to an open shooter for three like drive into the lane himself and do that so I hope Um, to see more of that from him this year but obviously we all know he's like basically Russ 2.0 and Russ was not a point guard
0: right Um, right he played
2: point guard but he wasn't a point guard right but he had
0: that Peyton Siva next to him who you know not to go back to this is what I do every transfer portal episode. I tie everything into the player that I like T- with Tyrese Hunter. He's the point guard that studies the ship, right? Russ, if Russ had L Ellis next to him, can you think about how reckless and a, just crazy that would be? L doesn't need another L Ellis next to him. He needs somebody who's a, like a Peyton Siva type floor general who can keep things kind of chill and calm uh, when everything says to go, 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 go. Yeah, do You, you need remember a, you what need Siva a-
2: was like his freshman year?
0: Oh, I yeah. definitely do. Right. David do you Johnson. remember out
2: of control, crazy Siva? And then Absolutely. the next season and the season after that. And then by senior year, he was literally the best point burned in the country. That's I, right. I, I feel like L Ellis, because L definitely, you know, Russ, especially when he first came in, couldn't shoot as well as L does. You know, feels like L almost has like that different gear because as fast as Russ was, Siva could get from end to end. And it felt yeah. like a blink, you know. So um, you know, and L L's kind of small too. But L L's about six three? Is he 6'3"? Six three,
0: six two is what li- they list him at. And I mean, yeah. he looks he's long too, man. I mean, he 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 definitely fits the. Yeah, bill he does need to get card. better.
2: He does need to get better on the defensive end because one thing that Louisville's been known for, and I I feel like, I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I feel like Kenny Payne will get back to is is that pressure a little bit more of that pressure defense and those guards that can really get up in you and really you know disrupt and. And things like that. I feel like um, we're probably getting back to a little bit of that. So I really like, I really like that pick too. Your your guy that you're talking about. Um, But how do you all feel about Courtney Rainey?
0: Look, man, I I tweeted this a couple weeks ago, um, and I feel like you know it's funny. Like when Courtney Rainey and the whole like Anthony Simons thing. Like this is how long we predate our relationship here as friends. We've been like doing this every year since. We're the OGs, bro. Since Romeo Langford. Like, and so Courtney Ramey coming back to Louisville would just bring this all full circle for us, like him coming back. I mean, you got to see if you can get Anthony Simons to come back from the NBA, Romeo Langford. Like, let's just all bring them back to Louisville to play for, for Kenny Payne because it feels like that's the way that you can, like, harmoniously bring all of the eras together and everyone be happy. Is these guys taking the floor the way that it should have been? Um, you know, I, I don't really know about like what his point guard uh, duties were last year. I mean, he obviously played with Marcus Carr and with um, Andrew Jones, um, and they did really well. Um, they were a nice rotation. I, I know they had a hard time kind of finding their footing. So, I, I mean, that's a guy I definitely think, you know, depending on what he does with the draft um, that you look at. And personally, I want to ask you this. One of the, 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 the one question I have for, for you tonight. Um, when you look at the roster, right, you do have a lot of open spots. You've got the guys coming back and then you add, um, you know, lands and then presumably you add re right so there's, I don't know the exact number, but that's, you know, essentially almost three fourths of your roster uh, of those guys. And so you have, you know, roughly three, four or five spots. Do you think that he goes heavy seniors? Do you think that he goes uh, a mix of seniors, juniors, redshirt sophomores, freshmen? how do you think he makes up the composition of the team? Because Mac always brought in a senior guard. You go back to uh, Cunningham, Kimball, and then Carleek. And then last year you have Jared West, right? So that's four senior guards. They never really brought in underclassmen. Uh, Matt Cross last year was the really one of the first I can remember. I could be wrong on that just off the top of my head. So do you see him kind of saying, let me get one year of seniors and then all these freshmen that I'm going to bring in, or do you think that he kind of throws that away and says i'm just going to build the team with the guys that i think fit because you also have to keep in mind um dj wagner spoiler alert we haven't even mentioned that that's how cool louisville is right now that we haven't gotten to the point of talking about dj wagner because it just feels like it fits but uh you're bringing him in potentially next year and so you don't want to bring in a ton of guys who are going to be you know um you know sophomore junior transfers who want even bigger roles next year so what do you think that looks like
1: yeah i mean i I think that's a great point with the dj wagner thing but You also don't want to count your chickens until they hatch. Right. And I think that, you know, Louisville has been kind of caught with its pants down a few times trying to do this. And I think that you just build the best team that you can. And given the, the way that college basketball is now, like, you know, you could bring a guy in that's a sophomore and he goes to the league or bring in a guy that's a sophomore and he transfers again. Like, there, there are so many different scenarios that, that that can unfold. Now uh, you'll, as you essentially said, it, it's like free agency, except for a hundred times crazier because you're dealing with NCAA athletes. And oh, oh, by the way, there's 340 programs. So it's not like the NBA where there's only 31 other teams. Uh, so is it 31 or is that the NFL? I don't, I don't even know how many no, teams. 30 NBA teams. Yeah. So there's 29 other teams, even less. Uh, so, so, no, you, you build the best team now. And I think that that's going to be Kenny Payne and, and, and his staff's philosophy is that they're going to go for the best guys, whether that be a senior, whether that be an incoming freshman. They're going to try to get the best of the best. And that's what they've said over and over again. And, and I'd be looking for a multi-year transfer. And, you know, if you bring in, in a, a multi-year transfer and he's a guy that starts this year, and then you bring in a guy like DJ Wagner the, the next year, why can't they both coexist in the same backcourt? I think there's absolutely room for that. There's nothing wrong with that. And look, you have to fill those guard positions however you can. Uh, and you want to get the best possible players at those spots. So yeah, maybe there's a, there's a senior in there. Uh, but, but I, I, think more so we uh, just going to be looking for the best possible player and also the best possible fit both on the team and culturally. Uh, so, you know, I, I know that that's asking for a lot, but uh, yeah, I, I think that you have a good point, Jacob, in that, uh, even going back to the Rick Pitino days, Louisville was constantly looking for for now. Granted, granted, the rules were a little bit different back then, but Louisville's been constantly looking for a graduate transfer or a senior guard uh, since the beginning of of this kind of era of of the transfer portals. So, I, I'm if if you're asking me, I, I would much prefer they go with the younger player because you really don't know. I mean, maybe DJ Wagner uh you know maybe he ends up going to kentucky like i hope that wouldn't happen but but, maybe he ends up, I know, I but it could happen or, tomatoes, or he tomatoes, could end up, i'm
2: throwing tomatoes
1: yeah he could go to like a you know some the, to the development league like the g league ignite or whatever's going on right now there there are so many different routes that, that a lot of these guys can take so i don't want to catch count my my chickens before i before they hatch i just i want to get the best player in right now um but yeah it, I guess before we get out of here, uh, what 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 are you guys looking for um, as far as the the final coach on the staff? Because I think that's kind of the the big storyline. Like we might get a couple of recruits between now and then, but uh, we talked about Milt Wagner possibly being on staff. Now it doesn't seem as much like that's that's uh, a thing that's going to happen. Um, any ideas on names? Um, I, I I would throw out Joel Justice. I still think that's a name that. Uh, that Kenny Payne would love to have on staff. I think that's a that's if that's the final hire, that's a home run hire. Um, but but are there any names that that come to mind and that that stand out to you guys? Madison, I don't know if you
0: have any names. I don't specifically, you know, have one that I know or don't know if he's going to hire. But for the role itself, like I said, I would really love to see him bring in another coach, a younger coach, experienced coach. Really, doesn't matter. That can bring something like a, like I said, like a defensive uh, coordinator type of role. Somebody who can come in and provide just a really high level of expertise to a, a critical part of the floor, um, and and still be able to go out and recruit and do those things. Joel Justice is a is a great name. Uh, the connection is obviously that. That would really piss Kentucky fans off to the max, which I'm here for. I'm here for. It. So I, I'll say um, whoever it is, I just want him to be somebody who can really, you know. Um, be what Ross McMaines was supposed to be.
2: As long as it's somebody who uh, is, you know, all in with what Kenny wants to do and is really feeling, because I feel like everybody so far that's joined, that's, you know, joined the staff has just felt like such a great fit. Like it just feels like it works already. And like, they haven't even coached, like seeing Nolan, like sitting courtside watching Caleb Glenn in the friggin' Cardinal hoodie. Is like the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. Like that's the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. So when you're when you're being real about it, like like I said, I don't necessarily have any names. I mean, Joel Justice has been a name that I've thought about uh, because I thought he might have been the first assistant announced to put him on. You know how long it took to announce Nolan, uh, but I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I'm really excited about Nolan. Nolan will probably be my favorite assistant just because of the way he recruits. If he can bring in the, the big guns, you know, I'm he'll be my favorite. He'll be my favorite in second. But uh, yeah, just whoever they bring in, I'm, I'm kind of just in agreement with y'all. I just want them to be, I want them to be all in with what Kenny Payne's plan is and, you know, what, um, you know, the philosophy is going to be and everybody to be, you know, together on it because we've seen how a disjointed coaching staff and a disjointed team looks and we do not want to go through that again.
0: Yeah. And one thing like to say about Milt Wagner and, and I've, I've had the same thoughts about say he were to go hire a guy like Ernie Kent, who was his kind of. Uh, mentor at Oregon when he was there prior to going to Kentucky and was a longtime Pac-12 coach. Uh, I have a worry about adding a coach who's been out of basketball because we have been scarred by that with Dino Gaudio. Now, obviously, I don't think they're going to go hire Somebody's going to come in here and commit, you know, a, a federal bribery charge, a bribery Freaking crime. Blackmail. Right. I don't think that's going to be the case. But what I'm saying is when you bring in people who have been out of the game, you know, obviously – Things have changed really significantly over the last 24 months, um, as evident by the other hire that we haven't mentioned that's reportedly out there, Justin Perez, as the director of basketball ops, who comes from a lineage of of entertainment uh, royalty and agency royalty now at Rock Nation. Um, but can you know, we get
2: Jay Z and Beyonce courtside?
0: I'm I'm here for happen. it. I'm here for it. We'll call it the Jay Z Center, right? Get the get the M Center, the Rock Nation Center. I'm here for that. Like I, whatever they need to do, Queen B Center. I mean, I'm, I'm the whatever Bee they <laughs> Name it whatever the hell they want if they're gonna get me players. Um, right. Which it sure sounds like that's the case. But point being, you know, if you bring in a guy like an Ernie Kent or a Milt Wagner that neither one of them have coached since like 2017, 2014, like. That is light years ago, like that dinosaurs of college basketball. There was Tyler Hansborough's walking around out here in 2014 type of deal. Like it's been actually he was way gone by 2014. I've got my years away mixed up. But point being, I I need some coaches who are in in depth at recruiting at all levels, who understand the current landscape of the transfer portal, college basketball.
1: That is what the last piece really needs to, to be, in my opinion. Yeah, I 100% agree. That and to kind of wrap this up, essentially you're you're just looking for whatever the best fit is. So whatever the coaching staff feels like their weakness is, they want to find a guy that number one is going to going to be able to coexist with them well and be part of part of the family and, and love them up and all the other stuff that the staff's been saying. But number two, they want to address whatever their weaknesses. So I mean, I feel like they have recruiting really well under wraps. I feel like. Um, You know, they're going to be decent as far as X's and O's and and, uh, coaching big. So maybe it's somebody who's a guard specialist. And I think Nolan Smith kind of fits that that bill just a little bit. But uh, maybe it's a guy who, like you said, Jacob, is more of a defensive specialist. Um, so, you or know, there's... even, even a guy who is an expert at the transfer portal or a guy who is, you know, that type mm-hmm.
0: of like literally that type of, of high level expert or a really drilled in expert is more of what I mean. Somebody who has just like not that they only have one thing that they're good at, but that's what they're, that's
1: their, that's their thing. Yep. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And, but I mean, we could sit here and talk Jacob, about Would first.
2: you be opposed if that was a former player?
1: Uh, no, I don't think
0: so as long as they're qualified that's the thing. Like, you know, there are several guys out there who are coaching in college basketball who played here um, or who have coached in college basketball that I would consider now. Yeah. You're asking for names. I don't have on top of my head because I I'm terrible at thinking of things like that quickly, but no, I'm not opposed to a former player. I mean, I don't want Reese Gaines in the third assistant spot. No, I I mean, he does have college basketball uh, coaching experience, but he hasn't been on a college basketball staff in years. You know, he was here last year, but it's more of a university role than a basketball (laughs) role. So uh, long-winded way of saying yes, but it needs to be the right guy. Yeah, because yeah, I
2: wanted to just sorry, Presley. I just wanted to say because I, I you were you made a really good point earlier about the. Um, I'm sorry to go back to the other point, but I just wanted to tell you it was a really good one
1: oh, about thank you. the, the young that.
2: point guard. About the young point guard. Um, I, I'm really glad you asked him that question um, because the I, I agree because it's about time for us to have a really good point guard in here again, and I don't think we're gonna find it with a freaking diamond in the rough yeah. transfer. Even if they are a diamond in the rough, they're they're a transfer. They are not a guy that is a talent that you know you can develop and hone and have in your system from day one and not have to just switch up and expect to find it in a year. I would take a Jones and though. Yeah, Carly carly for sure. But Carly, carly was so carly was just different. Carleek was just different, like, there's not even really a way to describe Carleek, but yeah, I just really, that conversation, I just had to put my two cents in at the end, because I I definitely agree, and I really, I feel like it really is time for Louisville to have that elite point guard again, you know, to get developed, and I'm sorry about the ice cream truck in the background, you know, but kids need their ice cream, so...
0: I, first of all, I'm jealous. If it was here, I would help myself. (laughs) Second of all, don't you ever apologize on behalf of an ice cream truck. That's one of the great (laughs) lost traditions of the American culture is the ice cream truck.
2: But yeah, I just, I wanted to put my two cents in because I really, that was a really great conversation. Uh, But yeah, I really, I really think it would be cool. I think it'll be cool to see. I kind of like that Kenny has a little bit of mystery because we got everybody out here trying to predict everything these days. So, you know what? keep it a little bit closer to the vest KP. I don't blame you and, so, um, you know, keep it in the family. And then when you pick it, you know, and then when you start, re- it, you'll ever, it'll be all be revealed and you'll see whenever he starts coaching and whenever, you know, you start seeing the product on the core and then, you know, winning, everybody's happy. So, you know, it, it comes with winning everything. Just win, baby.
0: Just win. Favorite,
1: favorite popsicle at the ice cream truck. What is it? Presley? <laughs> I'll do the Batman. You eat the gumballs out of the out of the eyes, or SpongeBob. You whatever, were, It's all the same. I knew
2: same. you were the gumball out of the eyes,
1: kid. Well, yeah, big, I, big push-up I was, fan. Uh, what, what what was it again? The
0: push-ups. I don't remember what they're oh, called pu- anymore. But you got pu- pushed, you know, pushed a little thing up, and it, it just push-ups are, are
1: great. Yep. Push-ups are great. Bomb pops,
2: shortcake, or the fire. Uh, yes. or the taco yes. taco.
1: Yes, the mo- well the most underrated. The choco taco is very popular, obviously for those <laughs> chocolate addicts out there. But really what you want to get into is that strawberry shortcake. They always have them in stock because, you know, most of the kids are going to go for the kiddie ones, right? And a strawberry shortcake is, is, is an underappreciated popsicle on that truck. Uh, getting back to getting back to the, the, the transfers and, and, and the guards that can that could ultimately, ultimately wind up on this roster. The last point that I'll kind of throw out there is, yes, everybody wants a Carly Jones. Uh, but but let's be honest here. There are m- many more Jared Wests in the transfer portal than there are Carly Joneses. And, you know, there could be a, a Carly Jones out there that isn't a fit for Louisville. And so that's something that you have to consider as well. They have to be a fit. They have to work out. And that's why I think that multi-year transfers are just a better way to go. Uh, if you look at, at multi-year transfers in Louisville history, if you look at a Reggie Delk, a Luke Hancock, a few of these Chris guys, Smith. A, David, a Chris Smith, a David Padgett, you know, some of these guys that come in, they play two, three years, so much better. Than a guy that's just here, here, one and done. You know, there's not a lot of Damian Lee's out Damien there. Damian Lee.
2: Yeah. Yep. I had to mention Damian
1: Lee. Yeah. I was about to say, there's not, you know, we all love Damian, but there's not a lot of those guys out there that are a perfect fit for the university, perfect for, fit for the team, and and just uh, ultimately come in and, and dominate. Those are few and far between. And I would much rather see a guy come in and be what we thought like, uh, like Matt Cross was going to be last year, uh, but just to kind of wrap it up, we could go for five six hours because of all the exciting things that are happening. Uh, but we wanted to just cover very quickly what's going on with the university. Maddie, thank you so much for hopping on from Sonic California. Thank you for having me. And Appreciate per- it. We got to do it yeah, Absolutely, hands. absolutely. You have you know some of the best insight out there from a, from a fan perspective, and you're not going thank to hold you. back and be afraid to fan, uh, which is which is what why we bring you on. We love to have you, Jacob Jay Freaky. As always, thanks for hopping on. Uh, Jack, thank you for providing your insight as well Until uh, next time, starting 502 Podcast Get out of here Everybody in
2: your crew Identifies as either Big Mac Burger McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich But you're the filet fish Sandwich All day That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce That melty cheese, that pillowy bun Yeah, you get it
0: Every time